This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am with Dr. Susan Kleiner. So, Susan, do you want to talk to everybody about how they can, you know, find you on the internet? Hey, everybody. You can find me at drskleiner.com. Uh, read about my uh, company, High Performance Nutrition, and learn how to eat well and improve yourself, achieve peak performance from what I say, the locker room to the boardroom to the bedroom. And I'm Paul Nobles, the founder of Eat to Perform. And uh, obviously you can reach us at eatperform.com. And if you're looking to try us before you, you know, feel comfortable, we have a free trial set up for that. We also, if you think you need a meal plan, we have a, we have a plan for that. So there's a bunch of options that can help you. So today we're gonna talk about the process of losing a good amount of weight. And so for this, for this podcast, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about 20 to 30 pounds, right? Because if you've come to Eat and Form or, or Susan um, overfed, you're gonna see kind of this best result. And we talk about this in, in podcasts that, that we look at dieting from the opposite way that most people do. We're looking top down, right? And most people are going bottom up, right? Where they just go to the lowest calories possible as soon as possible. And ultimately um, never really normalize calories, right? And so if you wanted to um, find out more on what I'm about to say, you can, you can listen to the podcast that Susan and I did on the burn book by Herman Ponsner. But those calories are known right, that your total daily energy expenditure for a female is going to be roughly around 2,500 and roughly around 3,000 for a male. Now, does that mean that for you, it might be a couple hundred lower? Sure. You know, it could be. But if you're a female, as an example, and you're eating mostly clean, and you add up those calories and those calories add up to 1100, it's nowhere near 2,500, right? And so what that means is, is that you're not working the way that your body would prefer to work. And you go, well, wouldn't that be a good thing? If I'm under eating a little bit, under eating a little bit, yeah, right? Like if you're at say 2,200 and your body wants to be at 2,500, that's probably great for weight management, but it's not great for weight loss, right? And so, so you go, well, I always hear that I need to eat at a deficit. Otherwise, I'm not going to lose weight. Well, if you're intuitively eating 1,100 calories, or let's even say 1,500, I'll give you 1,500. If you drop 300 calories from that, you're ultimately going to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe you lose three to five pounds and then you're going to hit a wall. You're not breaking through, right? And so the problem that you run into is not that your body's broken or, you know, um, you have a bad metabolism or something of this nature. It's that your view of how you work is wrong, right? And what we see, right, um, is that 
when we can get people to those normal numbers. Now, the part of this podcast that we're going to pay particular attention to is as we normalize calories, right? But Susan, before we get into that, do you have any thoughts on what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I just have to emphasize that. So now you say, okay, I'm at 1500. I'm going to drop 300 calories a day. That takes me down to 1200 calories. My healthy basal metabolic rate is, let's say for a, a woman, uh, 1285 calories is her healthy metabolic rate. And now you're only eating 1200 calories and you're moving, you're doing some exercise, maybe 300 to 400 calories of exercise that you've added on an hour a day. Now you did lose that three to five pounds because initially everything sort of stays the same and you do burn off a little bit of extra fat, but now your body has had time to respond. And now your metabolic rate has dropped down to let's say 1100 calories a day 1150. And that also reflects the fact that when you're exercising, you're no longer burning 400 calories an hour, you're now burning 325 calories an hour. You feel like you're working out just as hard, but you actually are not. If we measured your work output, so you plateau and there is nowhere else to go. Now, the, the, any lowering of intake is affecting your bone mineral metabolism, your immune system. Certainly your re reproductive system is starting to go offline. So you're burning fewer calories, but you are not going to burn more fat. It's not going to happen. You are stuck. And so one really big thing that I just can't wait to say is that at my age, people say, wow, your skin is amazing. How does your skin look so good when so many women have real skin problems, real aging, and we know with all the advertising, wrinkles and, and all kinds of problems visually or aesthetically with their skin. Well, because for a lifetime you have underfed your body and your skin is your largest organ. It has never been fully fed or well-fed. And so it has no resilience left. It, it's aged tremendously. You see it on the outside in your skin. That's what's going on inside at the same time. And so if you want a long, healthy life, being at the lowest calorie intake that you can possibly survive at is not going to get you where you want to be for a lifetime. That's just, I just had to say that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So let's walk through a scenario. And, you know, do we have examples where people have lost 30 to 40 pounds in a relatively short period of time? Absolutely. What I'm going to focus on is 20 pounds because what we see is that within a three month period, we have a lot of people that lose somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 pounds, right? So that's gonna be my focus for this discussion, right? So one of the things that happens, and if you're familiar with Eat Reform, if you're familiar with what we talk about, we're not gonna put you through these long cycles where you're super, super low in calories, right? You're gonna eventually move to a, 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 at your lowest, you're really only going to be there for a couple of weeks, right? So then what happens as calories normalize, what our coaches are trying to do 
is get you food while you're staying weight stable. Now, this is where everyone listening goes, right, but won't I gain weight? Well, the answer is that depends, right? But the majority, for the majority of people, the answer is no. Because what you're assuming is that your natural calories are at 1,200 or 1,100 or whatever that low number is. What I'm explaining to you on a scientific level <laughs> is that your calories actually want to be at 2,500 or somewhere in that range. So your body will stay weight stable. There's a lot of factors that go into that discussion though, right? So if, as an example, you're 5'6", and you're 140, but you want to be 120, you're probably going to have to do more extreme things to maintain that weight. And you might find that ultimately you don't end up lean because you're not allowing your body to build the kind of muscle that shows your abdominal muscles or something of this nature, right? So what we see is that, and we see this a lot, is that our dieting cycles are not similar to other dieting cycles, but people think of them similarly, right? And so what happens is, is they go through the first six weeks. So it, just a quick review on how Eat Reform works. So you have six weeks of, of, of kind of the first cut. Then we normalize calories for about three to four weeks, kind of depends on how you um, respond to that. And you're, we're, our goal is to keep you weight stable or losing weight in that time. And then we have another six weeks and then you're done, right? So the reason why we have that little piece in the middle is we call that the um, adaptation prevention, right? What's, what essentially happens is your body, as it goes down, it keeps adjusting to the lower number. So that middle part's really important to get as much as you can out of the three-week cycle, right? And if you're new to Eat to Perform, it's kind of something that will often scare you, right? Because, you know, you've been under eating for a long time in a lot of cases, right? And now all of a sudden, we're asking you to eat much higher than that, right? Usually, way AP cycle usually gets you to around 2,100 calories right? Um, and then as we come out, you know, we go a little bit slower, but we move faster. So this was the thing I was going to talk to you about, Susan. What I know without question is that the faster you can move calories back to normal, the better. And your body adjusts relatively quickly. Here's the problem though. Let's say that your calories are 1200 on the low level, right? And you view it like a regular dieting cycle and you don't view it like food is going to come back and food is going to normalize. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to go to Cheesecake Factory, right? I, I don't know why I always use the Cheesecake Factory, but I use the Cheesecake Factory. It's about the so, most extreme thing you can eat. <laughs> yes, right? And so now all of a sudden, you know, people always ask me, how long does AP last? Well, it depends on whether or not you go to the Cheesecake Factory. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like we're trying to get you food back as quickly as possible. And we know that your body wants to upregulate 
really fast, right? I can often get my calories back to normal in about two weeks, right? So the only thing stopping you guys is you, right? Because you want to view it like you get this reward for finishing that cycle. And oh, by the way, you can have that reward. You can fit in half a slice of cheesecake or something of that nature as you end your AP cycle and your calories are closer to that higher calorie point. But if you're doing it right out the gate, right after those first six weeks, now you're gonna prolong your AP cycle because we're trying to keep your weight stable. Now that one day might not mess with you, but it might mess with you, right? Just wait for the Cheesecake Factory to the end, which is basically the start of fat loss too. But most importantly, and this is, this is the real biggest piece because we are under the gun time-wise. If you lose 20 pounds, you have to expect over the course of a year, over the course of two years, I think in one of our recent podcasts, I talked about how I view things in five-year cycles, right? In terms of whether I'm going to cut or not. I will manage my weight sometimes and do like a little mini cut here and there, but I don't have to do those very often just because I understand how my body wants to work, right? So what happens is you lose 20 pounds, right? So you were 190 and you're 170 and kind of your wish weight, you know, is to be, let's say 145. The problem with that scenario is that if you hold on to that 170 with a tight grip and, and you know, you veer off plan because your weight went up any one given day, what you're doing then is moving farther and farther away from, let's say that 2,500 number for females. And then you're moving closer and closer to 1,400. And so what happens is, is you're not putting enough money in the bank to make a withdrawal. So if you went from 190 to 170, but your real goal is 145 later on, you're probably going to have to allow yourself to gain a little weight in that process, maybe even view it a little bit longer. People ask me that all the time. What is my biggest regret? And I always tell them the same thing. I wish I'd taken it slower. So I wouldn't have blown through as much muscle and things of this nature, right? I got so obsessed on kind of numbers that don't really matter. And oh, by the way, I think some of these numbers that everyone makes up kind of don't matter, right? Like if you're actively trying to put muscle on your body over the course of a lifetime, it would seem to be logical that your body would try to use that energy, that raw material to grow, right? And especially if you work out, if you're working out underfed all the time, like, like Susan said, you're at 50%, 60% best. You know, that's the thing that people tell us all the time. It's like, I'm never going to do any other way because I now know what it's like to work out close to 100%, right? And so the, the message that I wanted to get really across is, don't view the cycle as six weeks, right? And, and, and this is even if you don't do eat to perform, right? But if you view 
normalizing calories as an important piece, you have to allow the normalization process to happen before you can start to have these hypocaloric foods, right? And your body, if you have them too early, your body's just not ready for it, right? But then more importantly, and I think this is, this is where we'll end, and I'll give Susan the last word on this, is you have to allow your body to go a little bit higher. So if you lose 20, you got to build in a little buffer over the course of a year of, you know, five to seven pounds. And you have to view that end goal of 145, almost like a finish line that maybe you don't need to reach because let's say that you put on five pounds of muscle over the course of, you know, a year to two years. Well, now your goal realistically should have changed to 150, right? Because aren't you trying to get rid of fat? Well, you just gained five pounds of muscle. That's five pounds less fat that you need, right? So you have to sort of keep all these things, you know, they're kind of balls in the air that you're playing with a little bit. And I know people like black and white. And I know people like to have the data and the data is clear and things of this nature. What we know is that the body doesn't work with clear data. The body adjusts as the data adjusts, right? So hopefully that's helpful. We tried to do this one relatively quickly. Susan, anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's a, a really good endpoint. Alrighty. Well, you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to everyone later. Bye you now. too, Paul. Take care.